Welcome to Rollfair, a D&D podcast. Thanks so much for tuning in. As always, we will introduce ourselves. I am Devin, the Dungeon Master. I'm Ryan, playing Seth, the Tiefling Warlock. I'm Kayla, playing Kaiji, the Tabaxi Pirate. I'm Austin, playing Sheruti Tortle. I'm Ben, playing Reyna, the Human Ranger. I'm Sarah, I'm playing Asar, the Fire Genasi Sorcerer. We still have our guest with us. Go ahead and introduce yourself. Hi, I'm Marshall, and I'm playing Gardovan the Bard, and Dodge the Bird of Many Things. <laughs> <laughs> And Brad is dead. Brad is Brad dead. Is dead Brad again. <laughs> All right. Uh, so last time, the party had some shenanigans where Arden had changed his form um, to look like a young Geralt. Um, <laughs> not quite, but, uh, you know, yes. Uh, <laughs> uh, and he was convinced, or he convinced yet again multiple people that he was a god. Um, and he didn't even try. The phoenix. What was it? The phoenix. The human phoenix. The human phoenix. Of pancakes. Of pancakes. His his gods are morphing together. Um, and Kaiji and um, Alton, Seth, got to know each other better. Um, we are picking up not with the Sandstorm's Revenge, but with Asar and her journey towards Gardovan's ship. So, Asar, last we saw you, you were walking down the beach in your elegant um, royal clothing that was untarnished by the beach sand. Hit sand. So Asar walks forward through through the the beach and she gets to what she assumes is a good stopping point and she just waits to see uh if the the morning dawn is on the horizon so the morning the morning does come um the morning dawn is the name of a ship oh the morning <laughs> dawn comes <laughs> on the horizon <laughs> sorry <laughs> morning like in morning sadness. Ah, I see. Okay, that was confusing. My apologies. <laughs> yeah, I, I was slightly confused too. <laughs> um, so you sit, and um, it takes maybe an hour or so, and you see the morning dawn um, reach the horizon, and it takes maybe another 30 minutes to an hour to, to land. Um... And it probably, I figure you signal it, I imagine. Yes, I will use my firebolt and it will just go up like a flame. Okay. Go ahead and make a investigation check, Gardovan. He misses it. <laughs> oh, I guess that's true. I don't trust All right. The driver of the boat. <laughs> um, sorry, I forget you're a uh, politician. Don't do anything. He doesn't money. The boat steers towards the, the firebolt, and they promptly land again 30 minutes to an hour after, after you sit down. I would be standing the, the whole time. The, the sand right. is dirty. Fair enough. <laughs> um, 
Gardovan, would you like to describe the ship? It's a very long description I wrote on the... <laughs> oh, boy. But I'll try to summarize it. The Morning Dog is uh, much designed like our ancient Roman warship, the Cricurum. The front bow of the ship, where near the top where the rails are, you see, there are two bright, bright bl glowing blue eyes. And the front of the ship, where the giant ram from the center of it protrudes, is decorated in very much in the shape of the House of Nuis's flag, which is a white wolf head, with its tongue basically being a giant angry ram, with its eyes glaring out to sea very menacingly. Above this, the the bow of the ship, above where the ram is, a bridge-like structure protrudes out into the air, which is the corvus of the ship. It's a large bridge-like structure that stands out with, rail, with solid railing along things to provide cover for its purpose, which is to fall upon enemy ships to provide quick boarding of any ship that attempts to ram the morning dawn. The rails are, are, have intricate blue symbols and runes that glow, glow a slight blue, running throughout of various designs and at the, much like the ram the head of the thing where the fangs and the basically the grip claw mechanic for the corvus is also in the shape of a giant wolf head with its eyes also glowing but this the eyes on this one is glowing red and the teeth are painted white or the claws that dig into the other ship of the corvus along the side and rails of the quinquirum Aside from the great number of oars that are protruding outward to help propel the ship forward, which the oars are colored, where the shafts are painted uh, a bright red color, and the oars that actually hit the water are dark blue as an actual visual indicator to assist the rowers of how far their oars need to be going into the water, as well as looking very pretty. The railings of the fall along the ship are painted black, a dark black color, with a soft gleaming shine as if all the paint has a soft glaze to it as to draw attention to itself. The ship is designed to be very beautiful. And as you go more towards the back, the railings do get more ornate in patterns and colors going from uh, just mere black to reds, purples, and blues. And along the railing every 15 feet, there seems to be a weird device along the railings of the, uh, of the vessel, of the thing. There are two major superstructures that are towards near the stern of the ship, where the main entrances are for the ship. At the center stands a little, it looks like a little tiny uh, watchtower with uh, four arches that allow entryway from any which way to get to the lower uh, regions of the ship that are primarily for the soldiers and the other servants of the ship that are not the estate guests. On top of the little watchtower, there looks to be uh, there are several guards standing by with uh, very large art longbows can't speak that are guarding it. In front of this superstructure does lay the mast, which is very large to help propel this giant ship. Even though it won't move very fast, with its giant large white sails, which is decorated into with the symbol of the Chandelier City, showing very proudly. And in the center of the mass, there seems to be a cylinder object with holes throughout around it. Of what purpose is on SR, probably does not know. And moving towards the main bet back of the stern in the... <clears throat> oh, gosh. Sorry. 
<coughs> Sorry. The main superstructure of the ship is looks like more of a noble's manor at the tail end of the ship, slightly sagging the ship down. The superstructure has white walls that are slightly rounded with golden spires that connect outwards in a very intricate design that looks very much like a chandelier, thus as a homage to the city that it is representing. And on top of each one of these golden spires are our bright magical flames that shine on each one, shining brightly to its presence and illuminating the deck and areas around the ship. The top of the superstructure is a proper deck, however, for the captain and her crew to do proper work in maintaining the vessel, and the lower part of it is <clears throat> a large structure that you can imagine have very nice rooms in it, from what you can tell from afar. And that is the end of the storm for the ship. It is very large and elegant. That is, and that is a designed. big ship. That is a big ship. Quid quireams are big. Okay. Quid quiream, is that what it's called? Mm -hmm. yeah. Yeah, it's like the it's next like, level so to after, a trireme. After trireme. Mm -hmm. yeah. It's like four four decks of 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 uh, uh, blah, blah, blah. oars oars. I don't want to say rows. Yeah. <laughs> Rowers. They, they were big, slow, and uh, uh, not very maneuverable um, in ancient history. It's a lot of rowers. Mm -hmm. So it's more for supplies and for state people to make deals on as a flagship rather than actual warfare. <clears throat> Burns just as good as the rest of them. <laughs> you know what? <laughs> um, so you, the ship comes in, um, and what are you doing at this point? Um, Asa is just standing on the beach. I'm assuming that they're going to put a little boat to come fetch me. Okay. So the captain, um, you hear some orders being barked. Um, you can't quite make out what, what she's saying, but, uh, a ship does come and picks you up. <laughs> and Gardovin, would you be accompanying that ship? Ah, uh, yes. Okay. So you see Gardovin with a few, uh, I'd say probably four rowers, um, coming out to meet you all, um, Fire Genasi, Fire Genasi uh, Chandelier, um, city citizens. When the small rowboat approaches, um, Asar gives a nice curtsy. I greet Councillor Anubis. Gardovan would also give a slightly more dramatic bow in return. My Princess Asar, you are most welcome. What, what brings you to my call? I have a lot to discuss. I would appreciate it if you could have an audience with uh, the highest members aboard. Right, I believe that can be arranged. When I saw you last, you were with people of a certain sort. <laughs> I am unescorted today. They had more pressing matters. And there were some things that I wanted to speak to you in confidence. And she's gonna like jump onto the little boat. Okay, that sounds go. good. As you wish, your highness. So oars row, nice and steady. I do not want <laughs> one tip as we fly backwards, or you'll be swimming home. Uh, <laughs> they uh, they say, yes, yes, Lord Anuis. Um, and 
They begin moving backwards. <laughs> Decently. <laughs> You're doing well. Um, Everyone is doing fantastic today. Guidance, guidance, guidance. <laughs> Thank you, Highness. Um, they make it back to the boat, uh, to the ship. It is lifted back up uh, using magical means um, uh, as multiple casters um, use their power to to, to levitate it. Um, and you guys find yourselves on the deck of the uh, Morning Dawn. The captain, um, Chispa uh, Pulcher, uh, comes and bows deeply to you and, and greets you warmly. Your Highness, it is a pleasure to see you again. Uh, Asar would probably recognize the, the knots on her shoulder, right? She'd probably know. He'd probably know. I'd know. He would know. It's only been a couple she, months. She bows. I greet the captain. And what is your name? Ah, uh, I am Chispa Pulcher. You, uh, um, let me get to the note. You, uh, greeted my family at the Royal Ball a year ago. That's right. How are they doing? They are well. They're well. We are continuing to work within the Naval Academies to train up the, the new sailors. My father is doing excellent and ensuring... <laughs> Ensuring <laughs> that uh, we have the finest navy in southern T'Challa. And you have done a very fine job. Thank you, Your Highness. And I appreciate you coming to meet with me, despite the heavy inconvenience. It is not an inconvenience at all, Your Highness. Thank you. Uh, and then Asar, she sees a familiar figure right behind her, like the captain. And uh, it is another fire genasi. What do you know? <laughs> They're all fire genasi. You get a fire genasi. So <laughs> don't have preference. Just fire genasi tend to rise and have more initiative than others. Right. <laughs> so this is uh, the the fire genasi that she uh, recognizes is the old retired Praetorian prefect. Um, and his name is Humal. Umo, yeah. Umo. And uh, she breaks all protocol. She runs up and she gives him a big hug. Oh, oh. My, uh, my dear little princesses. Have you cut your hair? I, cut, I haven't cut my hair. Uh, something seems different about you than the last time we met. I might be a bit more tan. <laughs> it's the sand. Uh. It's the sand, yes. <laughs> It gets man. everywhere. It's coarse and irritating. <laughs> it gets into certain beards. Oh. How are you doing? I did not expect to see you. I didn't expect to see you either. I thought that this was... God, why aren't you at the capital? Well, I was... Uh, reassigned at behest of... Uh, Gardovan and... Well, I am glad that you are here. Your brother Callow insisted I get some uh, help that only a seasoned and aged can bring. 
can know all the books in the world, but it won't help you know how to tie a knot until you actually do it, despite looking at the picture a million times. Not that I see it before. Just just me knowing on how the world actually works in action, and not just through advisors. Well, advisors I do need. I'm actually glad that you all are here. If you have the time, I actually have an urgent message to share with all of you. And perhaps we might be able to find something a little more private that I could speak at length of what is happening. Uh, certainly. Uh, my study is available. Um, we can go and attend to business there. And she leads the way um, towards wherever that would be, Gardovan. Sorry, I don't know all the yeah, no, locations of the ship. Yeah, no, I have them all written down here. They're all kind of regretting why, how intricately <laughs> I designed all these. All right. Yes. Going towards the main uh, superstructure of the Chandelier Manor. This nickname, the Manor Among the Men, so feel free to call us that. Double doors with that are brightly... That are that the doors that themselves are brightly red as you get closer with golden vines and leaves toward, that are leading towards the center of the doors as subtly putting telling you how to open the door itself if you do not know how to read for some reason. And a design of a beautiful flower garden. And actually along the sides of both these doors are two actual green plants that are in pots to, just to give you a nice <clears throat> flower plot. Flower plants, I'm sorry, not green plants. Uh, to help give you a nice garden breeze as you enter through these main doors that enters a briefly small room that is an entryway with with an open uh, set of clo uh, closets that hold coats and boots or if the weather is unfavorable as the estate guests are wanting to wander in and out through this entryway. There are three servants off to the side that are always on way to... <clears throat> that are smartly dressed and they approach, asking if, asking if any, asking if anyone needs things to carry in. No, thank you. Actually, I would prefer to have this conversation in private, so you may be excused. Excused. So they, excused. they uh, curtsy or bow uh, accordingly, mm -hmm. and uh, quickly um, depart um, from the room, and. The captain um, goes and pulls out a chair, a chair for um, for each of you, and then sits down after after yourself. Lord Godovan, is there any place in this room that has eyes and ears that are not our own? No, there is not. Good. I have quite a, a tale to tell you. I have not been idle. I know that the conversations of the, the city have said that I just went to my mother's old manor and I have just been safely sitting there, but I have not been there. I have been to far corners of this continent finding the most troubling news. And uh, Asar goes and she starts to 
basically summarize the entire journey that she's had up till this point. So she, she describes how she was in the Pumongo Oasis and the people that she met there and then going over to the mine and, you know, meeting the warlord and just, you know, the horrific treatment of slaves, going up to Nalia and again, like horrific treatment of slaves, the gladiator arenas. Um, Spring break. <laughs> <laughs> Skipping, <laughs> sliding right past that. Uh, <laughs> um, you know, and, and then uh, meeting the, the what's it called? Your person. Uh, Malika. Malika. Malika and the prophecy. So she's she's just basically talking uh, the about the everything that they've been through. So going into Kushako and meeting the evil lady next and the Javans, you know, being involved in this whole fiasco and how that was like just hurtful, going up to the Kataka Downs and uh, describing their situation there through the thing. So she just goes through the, the whole thing. So the Shadowfell, meeting the god, um, and then uh, meeting the genie, uh, and then going back down to Ra. Uh, and after she she does the, the whole summary of what happened, uh, she's going to say, In every corner of this continent, there has not been one. Not one kingdom, not one city-state that has offered hospitality, solace. Every last one was corrupted and evil and rude and a violation of all human rights. I can now see my father's hard stance on making allies with any of these despicable people. And throughout all of my difficult encounters, I have dire news to share about the evils here. I have shared a little bit about it, but I, I need to just relay some of these things. Uh, the Katari Mungi and Jamati are enemy number one. We all know this. Yes, they, uh, they certainly are a foul breath on this god-forsaken, gods-forsaken piece of land. I don't understand what they, they want to do. In my travels, I have seen that the Katari Mungi are somehow allied with the god of trickery. They're turning people into monsters, and they want to resurrect Ilmalath. Hmm. That is... very ominous, and... Claiming to be a religious sect, they're not very religious, but they have known this for generations. It is, uh... They inspire through cruelty, greed, and slaughter, because their words and beliefs and knowledge do not suffice. I think you found that about when anyone lacks any of those things, that's what they resort to. The belief in our faith of how to worship is spreading, most people know. Ushamar, all our gods, about knowledge and control. And as the very word they spread gives them the tools to actually break free of the Jarmati's control with all their Komangichi, whatever they're called, 
control, they are losing it. So now they need a god that will let them do their control. <clears throat> That's a tool to destroy the other gods, so only they remain. They achieve power because they cannot control. They cannot command. They cannot lead. And the only way they can lead is through broken people or those who cannot arm themselves or know how to speak. It's the only reason why they would wish to survive that god in the first place. Mm, that's all very prettily said, but the Qatari Mui have a severe grasp on the people. I was just in Ra, and they had. The, the slaves didn't even want to sort of break free until we made a situation for them. It is uh, very, very interesting. I'm trying to figure out what they would gain by awakening such an evil to this world that would ultimately lead to their subservience to this evil so i don't understand if they wanted to have power if they wanted to control why they would resurrect a great control yes it seems evil is a means to itself it seems odd they would want to do this. You spoke earlier of these seals? Yes. While we were traveling the desert, um, the trickster genie mentioned that there were three seals? Four. There were four seals of Mishingu. Um, we found that and that they're in the four corners of the world. Uh, one of the guardians is missing, and we presume that the Katari Mungi has already had one of these seals. That is not good. Perhaps we... Perhaps we should include his majesty in this inform him of these evil intentions. They do have it, they're just letting us know where to get it. Do you know where the other ones were supposed to be? Mm, the genie has one, uh, and the apparently are two other Afrit genie. These yeah, sort so of sort of guardians are on these these three other corners of the world. Yeah. So to remind you, <clears throat> one is in the uh, desert of Muradan. One is in the Arsuidan Sea. The one that the Ifrit had was in the Caucasus Desert, and then Suriname was in the Kataka Wastes. That's what I relay. So there's one in the Qatari way or the Kataka wastes. One. Well, we got that. One. Yeah, we got. That's I'm all. Sorry, no. so there's That's a Dao okay. and. Oh, they don't need to know that. Yeah. <laughs> and Dao and Amir left, right? Dao and Amir, correct. So there was a Jin and a Freed, Dao and Amir. Yes. And I saw. I would totally remember all that. Of course. <laughs> That's I mean, why I'm reminding you. I mean, <laughs> your ancestry is uh, Ifrit. Yep. <laughs> Maybe it was. Well, no, that. Sister, definitely not. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, so you relay that information, and she says, hmm. Well, 
What do you think we can do about it? Well, that's why I came here. Despite my banishment, I needed guidance. I have been behaving quite recklessly um, and not in alignment with someone of my station. And so I humbly come before thee and ask, what can I do? Being banished, I am in a unique situation that I can sort of go to these other places, but I don't want to be somewhere that would hurt my people. It's one of the reasons why I'm not with my current party. Uh, they are with the Sandstorm's Revenge, who is a known enemy of our state. Mm. So. Yes, they are a shameful lot. <laughs> and not worthy of any such praise. And you see her kind of look off in the distance for a minute and just you know, immense anger and then compose herself and uh, uh, refocus. Unfortunately, they are doing a favor for us. And so if you do see them out in these waters, it would mean a lot if you sort mm -hmm. of pretended you didn't. Go ahead and make a persuasion check. Oh, please. I'm not good at rolling, though. You can have advantage because you're, you know, the princess. <laughs> I appreciate This that. is how the party gets back together. We come back together and the ships are fighting and we have to do something about it. <laughs> they both sink. <laughs> everyone's joy is gone. <laughs> everyone's uh, dead. Help me with the math. What's, what's this plus that? 19. 19! <laughs> you, uh, you see her grit her teeth, but uh, she nods her, set, her head and says, As you wish, Your Majesty. Your we Highness. Shall, we shall respect your wishes, Your Highness, but we shall remain on guard. They've proven to be more anarchistic than anything else. They claim to be anti-slavery, and to the only anti-slavery port, they still rob our ships like anyone else. So they seem to be more using greed under a just cause to help them sleep at night than the actual cause. They just, they just use your resources better than you do. So. <laughs> Says the uh, pigeon. <laughs> I thought you said this this room didn't have ears and eyes. No, he's just burrowed into your head. <laughs> Seth is just living in Gardovin's head. Perhaps if you are friends with them, is there any way to get them to accord to stop attacking our ships? Or is this an impossibility of someone with their, their strategic no, mind? Nothing is impossible. I have made friends with one of the crew members. Perhaps that will be an opening for us for dialogue. But um, the, Sandal or the, the Sandstorm's Revenge is small time compared to the other things that we have on our plate. Uh, I just don't understand. The Jamati, the Katari Mungi were basically our rivals. They, they didn't really have anything more powerful for a long, long time. We were equals. And then all of a the sudden they have access to strange and dark magics and they, they can control a god and, and they are resurrecting a great dragon. What happened? Where did we fail to see that they were growing in such immense power? 
Prefect, uh, uh, Geniza. Do you have any thoughts on this? Geniza. Sanisa. Oh, sorry. Looked like a G. My <laughs> eyes are... I need glasses. Yeah, I'd say it's... <clears throat> well, to be perfectly honest, uh, this type of thing happens in, in wars, in... Uh, in the rivalries, it was uh, not uncommon for us to find out many things about each other uh, back when I was younger, back when uh, I was with your grandfather. Um, and honestly, the most uh, recent thing that I could imagine that may have turned the tide, may have caused this issue could potentially have been with the fall of Latigo. Um, it seems that there has been movements not entirely unnoticed, but uh, without logic that has happened since Latigo has fallen. That's insightful. The, after Latigo fell, our northern borders were, they were stretched thin. And we've been on the defensive, trying to keep our uh, enemies from encircling us. To great success, but Latigo was a strong ally. They were a family of monster hunters. They must have had some sort of record of subjugating monsters that they used to their advantage. Yes, with the fall of Latigo, their resources would have all fallen into the hands of the Kitari Mungi. If they had information about that, that could very well have led to their current situation. Maybe... Maybe our move should be infiltrate Latigo and recover what records we might be able to find or convince whoever is there to point us in the right direction. Mm. But correct me if I'm wrong, Latigo doesn't see the Chandelier City quite as favorably as we had in the past. Well, it's not our fault they got sacked. It was all walls that fell. Unfortunately, um, the walls and were swords and shields. I, I say this within uh, confidence of those here, uh, with the knowledge that I have, as I have been by your father's side, um, it was very much on partially our responsibility that they did fall. I was very well aware of the orders that uh, your father, King Hueyo, did make to ensure that they would not be able to stop the onslaught. Asar sort of goes a little pale. She sits up a little s straighter. 
I'm sorry, are you meaning to say that my father gave specific orders to ensure the city fell? That is exactly what I'm saying. Why? Council demands you to silence yourself. I will speak no further. And you say this is one of Gardovan's rings. He's wearing two rings that are new. One of them is glowing a soft purple as he says this. Going back to your question, though, Princess. I'm sorry, Your Highness. The. We have means of infiltrating the city without making ourselves known. I might be able to do you one better. I have an asset. She does, among her companions. And how could. Upon this. Someone who is intimately familiar with Latigo Hame. Someone who is seen as sort of a leader out there. Arden's old. What? No, not Arden. He can become anyone or anything. Yes. I do have a changeling in my pot. Mm, a former Yabankichi, isn't he? Not a Yabankichi, he's a Yuanti. <laughs> oh, and also, I totally forgot. The UNT has changelings everywhere. <laughs> just more, more evil all around. Just let's just spread it further. Um, when you mention the changelings, um, you see her, uh, and I imagine, um, uh, yeah, Umo, uh, kind of has a look of shock on his face. Um, it's not something that had been. Expected in the slightest bit. I have, Not at all. I have promoted him to somewhat of an advisor. So when Sir Arden gets here, he can help sort of explain the position that his former allies are in. But when he spoke to me, he told me with great confidence that there are changelings in positions of power in our city as we speak. So... Perhaps we can also try to snuff those out. Absolutely. That sounds like it is of highest priority, especially before we make any moves. If we were to go to Latigo or anywhere else, we would want to make sure that anyone that might be, might have infiltrated uh, is dealt with so that information could not be passed. Indeed. Well, information is our weapon. I was considering going to Jamati in secret to try to find something, and then maybe I can go up to Latigo right after. Very well. We happen to have business in Jamati anyway. Um, our esteemed councilman is being sent there to attend to their wall. So, perhaps we can make that a trip for you. I'd appreciate that. It's dangerous land, and yes. getting a leg up without having to cross through more evil-infested towns would be appreciated. Yes, yes, it's... Nowhere is safe besides the lands of the Chandelier. But, uh, 
I may request that your changeling friend be tracked to ensure that he does not impersonate any of us. I have my own discussions I need to have with him when he comes on board. Absolutely. Oh, and also, is there a way that we could pay him? I... It's fine. I'll also discuss it. Very, very well. I also have a bodyguard that I owe quite a bit of money to. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Go ahead and make a persuasion check. Why would you hire that sandbeard as a bodyguard? <laughs> That's pretty good. 22 is the most. 22. Okay. <laughs> we will see what we can do. I, I'll speak with uh, Councilman Gardner about it. But we weren't expecting to have to pay. So we'll, we'll do what we can. Better not be that turtle. Not that turtle. That dismissive. You can, you can pay from the, the Wingu Duchy. I can cover the cost. I just don't have access to my funds on my physical. Oh, who is it? What? Oh, it's the tiefling, and uh, also uh, Reyna. What is his name again? I have four in my notebook. Oh, Alton. <laughs> <Sif>. <laughs> four. <laughs> <laughs> Every time I met him, he started calling himself something else. He changed his name more than a changeling. <laughs> Um, it's, it's what makes him a good bodyguard. No one can track him. <laughs> well, with that information, um, the conversation kind of turns more towards just politics and, and whatnot in the city, and we're going to end the session there and pick up with what happens next time. Thanks for listening. here. If you like listening to Roll Fair, check out our YouTube channel. We have auto-generated subtitles that are close enough, plus extra content, including specials and one-offs. We also have other social media that you can use to ask us questions. We'd love to hear from you. And thanks for listening.